And we are back. Gabe, you look the prettiest you've ever been, Gabriel. Gabriel Rodriguez, the prettiest you've ever looked. I'm flattered. Yeah? It's the prettiest you've ever sounded, too. Thank you so much. I've really been working out more vocally and physically. Yeah, yeah. And your boobs look wonderful. (laughs) The best your boobs have ever looked. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. Just kidding, everyone. That's not Gabe. That's not my Gabe. That's my babe. Was that clever? Was that nice? Like that? Uh, yes. I I'm th- so impressed. <laughs> I am an entertainer at heart and a genius in soul. He wishes. Oh, anyways. Well, everyone, this is not Gabe. This is Jessica. Jessica is back for another episode of The Pillow Talk. And we have a very special episode for you today because... It's not just pillow talk. It's pillow talk. And that's where you say the other thing right there. And we are pregnant. We are pregnant. What the fuck? Can you believe that? <laughs> no. Is that no. weird? Is it, is it weird to say out loud now? Um, Yeah. It's just weird in general. It's weird because we've known <laughs> since February 16th. <laughs> and then, what's today? June 21st, uh, yeah. so we went from February 16th to June 20th, yesterday, we told people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're, uh, week-wise, we're ha- over halfway there. Yeah, yeah. So we've known for a while, but it's still, it is still weird. It's still very, it's very unreal. Is it unreal in the sense that you now know that you have me locked down? Or oh yes, it... because I didn't know that before. <laughs> okay, Our ten okay. years of of re- <laughs> relationship made me think maybe I'll leave. I don't know. Yeah, you really had to lock me down by getting pregnant. That's what it was. I thought finally. Oh my goodness! If it, if it wasn't, it wasn't him helping me pay uh, the college loan off, or paying my car off, or the t- two of us together buying a house, like or all of these also things. Marriage. Oh right. <laughs> Your, oh, yikes. What were the warning signs? Oh, yikes. It leads us here. Anyways, so yeah, we're going to be talking about pregnancy stuff and what journey we've been going through for the first, sheesh, five, four or five months. Uh, but before we do that, as always, make sure to give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, five-star review, at DudeThoughtsPod, wherever you listen, tell your friends. Make sure that you write a beautiful review, five stars. If you were to tell your best friend about this podcast, what would you like for them to say? But say it to the whole world. And then make sure you go to Instagram and follow at DudeThoughtsPod, at Carmen.Gabriel.Official, at GymLeaderGabe, at ChaoticallyKalki, and at JoyfullyJessBlog. So there's an underscore in there somewhere. It Where is. is it? I think it's JoyfullyJess underscore blog. Yes, yes. Anyways, hey, dudette. <laughs> Tell me something that I don't know about your life or start telling the listener something about the life. Hey, dude, what's up? Uh, well, we have had a very eventful 48 hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, we flew in from Texas last night. to a, We had a delayed flight. We waited over two hours at the carousel for our bag, which I genuinely just believe they forgot about our plane. I don't really know what the other hiccups would be. There was a crazy tornado all whilst this was happening, Um, and it specifically hit our street, 
and our house is okay. There's a lot of tree destruction, but what such chaos to come home to at 4:30 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was wild because so our flight gets delayed and then we get we land at 1:30. And then by the time the bags physically get to the carousel, which by the way, I've tried been thinking I've been trying to think of that word all day, carousel. Yes. I've been calling it the metal rack where they drop your bags. <laughs> that is a good description <laughs> of you know a that carousel. <laughs> metal moving rack. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyways, so we get our stuff two hours later, and through the entire terminal, people are it's just it's a madhouse. People are yelling at this poor Southwest there was woman. One person working. I felt so bad for yeah, her. Felt really terrible. And then we get home and then we pull into the subdivision and there's like two entrances to this entire subdivision. And the one that we pull in had a tree that had fallen on a power line. Actually, Tom described it to me today. It was the power line had actually been ripped off and was standing in the middle of the road and the tree was like propping it up. So it's so good we didn't move any blockades and try to work around it because we could have been... Very much hurt. Oh, so interesting. So when you <laughs> said that we should go through it and I said no, it turns out that I was right. Can you prove that I said that? Yes, I have that it on It sounds recording. like I would never suggest such a thing. No, here, let me play this recording from my uh, phone. Click. Sure. Hey, Carmen, this is Jessica speaking. You should go through I always this. introduce myself before having a conversation with you. Can you please stop interrupting my recording? It's taking place <laughs> on my phone right now. Let me just click, click it again. <laughs> click. Anyways, Carmen, I was saying you should go through this power line. It's very safe because oh cars have rubber tires. Okay, okay, okay. Needless to say, yes. My sig- <laughs> it was a sleepy suggestion. It was four thirty in the morning. So I had I had to be in a meeting at eight thirty this morning. It was pretty. I got wild. two hours of. It was a whole thing. Yeah. It, so yeah. So hey, dude. It was a mess. What's up with you? <laughs> hey, dude, it was a mess. Uh, yeah, it was. So this morning, <laughs> Jess wakes me up on the way out and she's like, hey, there's still no power. I have to go to to the other house where, where Cindy's sister is. And it's uh, she just is doing her work from home. And I'm like, OK, well, I guess I'll have to wake up. Blah, 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 I'll make up and drive over to the house. <laughs> <laughs> it must not hit as much if Gabe's not here. No. Uh, and drive over to the house and then like, get ready and shower over there. But I was like, I'm just so tired. And then I was running late. And then I just saw, thought to myself, well, I don't have my steamer because it won't work with no power. So I'll just take a little bit of like bottled water and I'll like rub it down on my shirt to like try to wrinkle, like get the wrinkles out. And then I'll just throw more hair product in my hair. So I got to work and my hair is, it's just so firm right now. It's so firm. It looks good. It looks, I mean, yeah, it looks fine. It's, it's okay. It's, you know, thank Such you. first world problems we have. You're like, yeah. I woke up and I didn't have my steamer. I couldn't, it wouldn't, there was no electricity for it. Yeah. And I'd use extra hair product to make yeah. myself look good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, perspective. Yeah. Rough times. And then my, so there's a trainer who flew in from, from Texas today to, to help us in the studio. His name is. I'm not going to say it on air, but anyways, so he's the guy that I was saying last time we just had, we had humor that was very, it just synced up. Right. It was very funny. And we, we, we just have really good humor. It was a great time. I hadn't laughed at work that in like that much in a long time. So it was really great. And, uh, I had lunch, uh, I ate for the first time at 7 PM 
I got lunch at 7 p.m. I got a gyro. You didn't eat all day. I had a donut for breakfast, but that's it. You're lying. No, no, 100%. You, Carmen, Gabriel Bungdolo, I was so didn't busy. eat all I day. I was so busy all day. Every had, person who's listening to this and knows you will think you're lying. I know that you're going to think I'm lying, <laughs> especially because, so wait, the day of Garrett's wedding. <laughs> so we go and we get, we got breakfast, which was, where did we get? We got breakfast or lunch? No, we got, it wasn't in and out. Where'd we go? The day of the wedding, we, mm, where did we go? We took an Uber to get. No, we, we did Uber Eats for oh, barbecue Dickies. in the pool. Right. We, so we had barbecue yeah. at the pool side. And then I was uh, very hungry before the wedding. So I got a couple of McDonald's cheeseburgers, Uber Eats to us. And then we had the dinner at the actual wedding. Buffet. The buffet style. And hors d'oeuvres. And hors d'oeuvres. And then after the wedding, we thought it's a good idea to go to drive 20 minutes to Fort Worth. On the highway 20 minutes. On the highway 20 minutes to go get donuts from Hertz Donuts, which were for sure worth it. But then, you know, obviously we were a bit intoxicated. Not the people who were driving, but me and uh, our, our friend Michael. And we're like, well, let's get pizza. So we got donuts and pizza at one in the morning, which was a blast. And then yeah. that that's a that's a sufficient meal day for me. The problem is today I was so busy that I only had a donut, a maple donut from Stan's Donuts, and then I didn't eat until the gyro at seven p.m. So actually, I thought there was I thought you said there was pizza at home. Where's the pizza? In the refrigerator. Oh, <laughs> I'll go there after this. Where leftovers go? That makes sense. Yeah. So anyways, let's talk about this baby stuff. All right. You first. Okay. So here's what happened. Here's how it happened. <laughs> Let us walk you through the Let night. The nighttime. The <laughs> should we should we tell people? Should we should we re- react it right now live on air? <laughs> Can I stick another one in you? Can I stick another baby up there? Absolutely not. Is that not how that works? No, absolutely not. I, don't you have multiple uterus? Dear mm, uh, is there multiple <laughs> are there multiple you, fallopian tubes i am i am so let's let us move on to the actual baby at hand okay all right so walk us through the first the first month right and actually oh should we kick it off to when you told me for the first time <laughs> it does have to do with your podcast okay all right so why don't you go ahead and take this part away okay well, uh, I think we had mentioned on our last episode that that was something that had really pushed us to Illinois. We knew that we wanted to start our family, and we were obviously actively trying to do so. <clears throat> and um, we had been doing that for about six months, tracking all the things. It's way more work than anyone can possibly uh, imagine, honestly. Well, luckily they have apps for that, right? Yes, so what, they what do. app were you using to track all this? I, uh, Ovia. Ovia. Shameless plug. Ovia Fertility. Um, but yeah, so there is apps for that, and that is very helpful. But um, anyway, so all of a sudden, uh, I say all of a sudden, about six months into the journey of us, all like, of a sudden, all of a sudden, six it happened. Um, yeah. So I, every time I ate, I started to not feel very good afterwards. Which, again, much like Carmen, I too can eat, and I enjoy it very much. 
But every time I would eat something specifically bacon related, I would get very sick, nauseous. I might even throw up. TMI for people who don't like hearing about that. Sorry. Yeah. There will be a lot of that in this (laughs) podcast. Maybe skip this one. And it's funny, too, because in the beginning... So, like, we eat bacon in this household at an abnormally high rate. Don't say we like it is often we. Jessica will sometimes come home from work and put an entire pound of bacon into the air fryer and then eat it by herself. Absolutely not. Oh, wait, sidebar. Oh, wait, no, that's just me. My favorite bacon story of Carmen's, like, the way I describe to people when I don't think they actually understand how much he loves bacon is the when we first got our um, George Foreman for our wedding. And you bought a pound of bacon and you sat there and you basket wove it together in one sheet <laughs> and you laid it on the George Foreman and you fried it in the George, like grilled it in the George Foreman and ate it like a sheet of paper when it was done. I ate it like just a carb free, keto friendly midnight snack it was disturbing and hysterical to watch you i mean you were really taking your time weaving it together uh that it was, was a work of art <laughs> one of my favorite. it's right up there with the mona lisa it's one of my favorite carmen bacon stories and trust me there are so many uh more than there really ever should be for any one human <laughs> being there wait oh can i share a story <laughs> sure so i i also i recently within the last like three years discovered bacon on an oven sheet thanks to your family it's true it's just so much easier it is right? it is convenient and there was one time when jess's family came into town and there was an extra packet of bacon left over so i put it on the sheet in the oven the oven sheet the baking tray and i was like oh this is like it's not fitting in here all the way like it usually does and it turns out it was a two pound container of bacon <laughs> oh, God. and i accidentally ate two pounds of bacon in one sitting you didn't accidentally eat when did you realize it was two pounds before or after you finished the entirety of the two pounds it was do you don't do you remember this honestly you literally no. okay so I, i'm sure i gave you a hard time yeah well i ate the thing of bacon and then she goes why would you eat that entire thing of bacon and i go it was just a pound and also your mom left it for me i think specifically for me <laughs> And she goes, that was not a one pound package of bacon. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then she pulled it out of the trash, holds it up and goes, Carmen, that was a two pound pack of bacon. (laughs) It's just, it makes me wonder what your heart looks like. Beautiful. Or clogged. If it was clogged, (laughs) I would be dead. (laughs) Anyways. And he, and he drops dead immediately. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm. I'm also. I'm still here. Okay. So, anyways, so we're we're trying. Six months. All of oh, a sudden, yes. it happened. Um. Sorry. So I realize I'm getting sick all of a sudden, all the time after I eat. So Carmen's like, "Well, why don't you take a test?" And I'm over here after six months, very used to getting the negatives. I'm like, "Well, number one, it's like a several days early. I, I really don't think it's that. It's probably just like my stomach's acting up. No big deal." And he's like, no, really, just do it. Why not? So I go downstairs, take the test. And it's one of the ones that's not like as clear, right? It doesn't say like they make the ones that say pregnant or not pregnant, which is you don't realize how critical it is in that moment. when You just really need to know. Very critical. (laughs) Like make it as clear as possible for me. So it was one of the ones with the lines, right? 
And I'm looking at it and I'm like, uh, that looks like it's saying yes, but I have doubts. So Carmen is about to start your, I can't ever remember how you describe it. We were doing a paid event for the Long Island Alumni University. It's our How to Produce a Podcast episode, which if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It really was a fun time. Yeah, so he's about to start this. And again, he can't be late for it. He can't miss it. And I show him the test and I'm like, what do you think that says? And he's like, I think it says yes, but I don't know. So I go to Walgreens by myself. I get the one that says pregnant or not pregnant. I come back. I take it. And lo and behold, it says pregnant. I'm sobbing. I run upstairs. Carmen, who, again, I didn't know all the time frames, had apparently already started. He's live on and it's not just the audio. So it's a live Zoom link. So people can <laughs> physically see me. And like I can see people back. Like a lot of them share their cameras. Yeah. And, and she walks into this room sobbing, pee stick in hand. <laughs> in the air. And I'm like, I, I mute myself and I motion to her. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do right now. I can't do anything. But, you, but because you're on camera, you aren't like gesturing. You're like barely moving your mouth and just smiling. And I'm like crying. Any normal human being would have just been like, Carmen's busy. I'll wait and we'll celebrate this moment together. I was not rational in that moment. And I just barged on in. He could not react. I left the room just thinking, oh, everything is changing, right? This is a huge moment of change. And uh, I had to wait how, however long, over an hour. Yeah, like like an hour and a half maybe. Yeah, almost two hours for him to actually come out and have a reaction. It was just one of these moments. I mean, I'll never forget it. I really wouldn't change it. It's very, it is very on on par for us. Typical us, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're crying, and I'm like, what? I I'm I'm on a <laughs> podcast. I can't do anything it was, right now. Oh, hysterical. Uh, looking back now, very very funny. Yeah. But. Yeah, so that is how we found out. That is how Carmen found out. And it was just a wild, uh, just a very wild and surreal experience where uh, in that moment, it's very hard to believe. It's just, it is. If, yeah. if you haven't experienced it and you plan to one day, just know that you will never be prepared for it to say yes. Yeah, and it's also, so, you know, this is this is coming from a place of I was with you for the journey. And we are pregnant. However, I am not the one physically carrying the child, right? So I know there was a lot of points. Just to be clear, that is the first time he's admitted that out loud. I, Until this moment, you would have thought Carmen is also carrying this child. I said I'm not physically carrying the child. I'm emotionally carrying this child. <laughs> oh, my God. Which is sometimes a worse stress oh, than the physical. Oh, you take it back. I you don't... take that <laughs> back. So anyways, there was, uh, what was I going to say? Um... There was early on, I remember there was this stress of like, okay, well, all of a sudden this one day I'm not feeling morning sickness. Maybe, you know, the, the child's not there anymore, right? There's that weird, that first 12 weeks. Is it 12 weeks or 14 weeks? It's um, like, technically 14 Yeah, is the, when you're really out of the clear. Like the drops. percentage, yeah, the, the likelihood of miscarriage like really drops. And you're, you're, the intent is for your mind to be at ease, but that's... Not necessarily the case um, for a lot of people, especially people who have miscarried before or have like fertility trauma, um, which we were not that. But 
it was still something I was really anxious about. Yeah. And the thing is, is it's not it's not fully unwarranted. Right. Like we don't know. Jess's mom was adopted. So we don't know the full extent of like that medical history. And I know that that's a thing with a lot of people who are adopted. You don't know some of those things that could happen. And you just I think we as humans, we default to I am incapable of giving birth until it happens. Right. But there have been friends, so many friends in our lives where they had a hard time conceiving or a hard time getting pregnant. Uh, you hear stories of people going 10 years trying to, to conceive and it never happening. So we were very fortunate that it was six months off of, uh, what, what was it, Implanon? Or what was the thing you had in your arm? Um, yeah, Nexplanon. Nexplanon. Yeah, so that was, that was uh, she got that out. But I do remember uh, the first time that you got, you know, we, we got kind of that scare and you, got, you went to the hospital as well. Was it when you, you said you were, you were spotting or what? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So did you forget about that? Yes. I was like when I I went to the hospital. Yeah. So I didn't have a traditional first appointment. Um, Sadly, it was like a a, I think they coined it as a threatened miscarriage appointment because I did have spotting and um, I didn't I drove there. Obviously, I didn't like need a ambulance or anything like that. Um, But it's just one of those very scary things. And Carmen's at work and I'm by myself and. Um, so that was a little bit non-traditional, but still brought a lot of ease once you see the the flickering heartbeat and you see the little tiny, literally looked like a piece of miniature shrimp. Um, <laughs> little baby shrimp. Little baby shrimp. And that's the, uh, that's the baby. So luckily n- no bad news there. In fact, just, we have no bad news, uh, as, um, we'll talk more about this later, I'm sure. But as of right now, uh, our little baby is very healthy. And and developing exactly as she should be. We are having a girl. Little baby girl. I'm yes. about to be a hashtag girl dad. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, so all is well. But that was a very scary part of the experience as well. Especially also, being alone while it was happening. Yeah. Let's first. So a couple things there to, to unpack. One, as COVID restrictions are lifting. We get the chance to, like, I can actually go to appointments now. Yeah, you can. Shout out to all of the parents that had to go through that where, you know, dad couldn't go and be a part of those visits in the beginning, right? Like, that's sad. It's a, obviously, it's a sad thing. Uh, we're coming out of that now, so that's that's great. But when Jess told me it was a girl, <laughs> she, freaking, <laughs> she freaking texted me. <laughs> okay, so clearly I... <laughs> I'm really good at delivering this kind of information. Uh, once again, I did not handle this in the most like romantic way. Uh, the no most gender reveal, way. nothing like that. <laughs> we did uh, what is called like you can do like genetic testing uh, to. It's really there to discover whether or not your um, fetus has any uh, chromosomal abnormalities. Uh, like leaning towards Down syndrome or anything like that, right? Uh, A perk of the test, it's not why the test was created, but a a nice thing about the test is that you can opt to also have it test, well, it tests gender no matter what, but you can opt um, whether or not you would like to know that information. Carmen and I have no chill and definitely wanted to know. So um, Not because we like had a preference. Yeah, we didn't really. It's mostly for the clothing like being able to prepare for the clothing for the baby right yeah and just like yeah 
I don't know. And also, we just like to know things. It's We're, true. You don't like surprises. I hate surprises. <laughs> yeah. I remember we so we told we told my mom that we were doing the genetic testing for the baby, and she's like, "Oh, we waited." And I was like, "Okay, mom, get out of here, boomer." Okay, and she's like, "If God wanted you <laughs> to know the gender of the baby, your belly button would have lit up blue or pink." Which, by the way, that's dumb because my baby's going to wear pink regardless if it's a boy or girl. And blue. And blue regardless if it's a boy All or girl. All colors. All colors of the rainbow. It's true. Yeah. it's So uh, So, anyways, continue. I interrupted you. What was I saying? I don't remember. I was hoping that you remember. <laughs> I don't. We were talking about the baby girl thing and how you don't just tell oh, people Oh, I said right we ways. did genetic testing. Genetic testing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yes. Anyways, so. She's healthy. I'm sorry? She's healthy. She's healthy. Healthy baby girl. Yeah, so I I did already say that. So she is healthy. She's healthy. <laughs> yes. Healthy yes. baby girl. <laughs> For anyone concerned, the baby is healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are, that's an option for anyone, like, uh, depending on what your doctor recommends and uh, what your insurance covers and all of that. So that, that was something we chose to do. And we were pretty sure we were always going to do that. And when the time came, we were like, yeah, absolutely. We'd like to know. Both, we would like to know both if there are any developmental challenges that we may face with the baby, because um, that is something we would absolutely want to prep for, um, and then also just the gender, because we need to know things. Yeah, and and to be clear, and I'm glad you said that, because we would have wanted to prep for it, right? It's like if the baby was developing and they say, your baby has no brain, then maybe that's something, you know, obviously that's something where, you, that that's not a baby that can come to full term, right? But I think... There's this very negative stigma around um, Down syndrome. Uh, what are some of the other things they could test on the chromosomal things? Like just oh, other other abnormalities. Or yeah. uh, when we were going through the, the the ultrasound for the first time, the nurse was like, oh, we can check to see if uh, there's the, it was the cleft lip. or Yeah, that was crazy. It wasn't the first ultrasound because the first ultrasound was that. No, the one that we just were at. Right, the 20-week appointment, like the anatomy scan. Yeah, yeah that was so wild. what's wild is, yeah, they can basically tell if there have been any developmental abnormalities. Um, lack of fingers, yeah, lack of arms. Yeah, lack of our appendages. Yeah, cleft lip. They can see all the way through to the kidneys. It's, yeah, they can see. Well, because the baby is like all skin and bone. There's yeah, that, there's yeah. yeah. It is just crazy. Like, you guys, this baby thing is wild. Oh, I remember what we were talking about. How I told you that she was a girl. Oh, yeah. So we opted for the genetic testing, which means that I was getting updates on my like digital doctor chart, right? And I get text messages saying a new test came through, test results in for X, Y, or Z. And I am not a doctor. I am not in the medical field, nurse, none of that. So I don't know what any of these um, things stand for. And so I go in and I check every one of them out to just make sure it's no scary news because again, just something you're always anxious about. And I happened, it happened to be the genetic testing that had come in while I was at work, while Carmen was at work. And I'm reading through it and I'm like, oh my gosh. Also, wait, hold on. For the record, I was not at work. Where were I you? I was getting ready for work. Oh, okay. I was on the way out of the house. We don't all have the luxury of sleeping in. Wow. So sorry, I forgot. We also don't all have the luxury of not having to work seven days straight every day. <laughs> Some people do, though, have yeah, that luxury. Me, I and, have that and luxury. And others. Some of your listeners, I'm sure, too. I'm sure. And they feel no sympathy for you. Well, then I feel no sympathy for them either. <laughs> Anyways, 
So I see the gender on the test and I I don't know why my reaction was, let me screenshot this and send it to Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I took a screenshot and I, I did I not text you first saying, can you talk? I don't think so. Or maybe I, I have to imagine I did. I might not have. I don't know. I don't think you did. My mind was pretty blown. Because what freaking happened was that I get this text and you say, I think you said it's a girl <laughs> literally in a text. And I'm like, oh, haha, she's joking. Then she sends me the screenshot with the edit thing where you could highlight. And it said <laughs> fetal sex. Female. Fem- female. And I'm like. And I then I call her and I'm sitting there putting together my lunch for work. I have an apple in my hand. I got a piece of toast with peanut butter on it. <laughs> like I'm running late naturally because I'm always running late. It's just so funny. To I'm me. like, what the? F- are you kidding me? <laughs> this is how you're gonna fucking tell me the gender of my daughter. Let me tell you, I have mad respect for these women um, who like plan out these extravagant beautiful ways that's that they all tell their I wanted. partner that's all i want i have failed an extravagant miserably. gender reveal it was just like i i have both ways both the way you found out about your first child and the gender i truly did it's it's honestly comical you set the bar real low for the I next one really though. did next time i'm gonna blow your mind next one if it's a boy though oh i'm gonna i'm gonna love all of the gender reveal way more than all this just don't send it to me in a text next time so you did have a preference then you wanted a boy no next time so you I hate ha- our daughter i hate our daughter <laughs> take her back she is not she's here man yeah. whether you whether you like it or not yeah it's been great we finally announced it yesterday we uh, so I will say one thing I'm very proud of of us is, you know, going back to the the, the color of the clothings and, and things like that. It's we don't care. Right. Whether it was a boy or girl, that kid is going to have little kittens and unicorns and rainbows all over their clothes. And I that's that's the way I want to live. That's the way I want. That's our the kids way you live. do live. Well, that's the way I live. <laughs> that's the, the way record. I want our kids to live. Yes. <laughs> If, any, if you haven't seen uh, the shirt that I have with a rainbow unicorn, a little puppy, and a uh, a bear cub. And then I also have a German shepherd, the unicorn in the background, riding a T-Rex. So It's true. So does she. Yeah, so does she. Somewhere. She has that onesie. Yeah, she has that onesie somewhere. We bought it a long time ago thinking, yeah. how cute will this be? That'll be cute. I hope we find it. Yeah. I, we, it's, it's, I know it's in the storage unit. <laughs> But anyway, so what's one thing that if you could give some advice to a first-time mother from a first-time soon-to-be mother, what would you give uh, someone going through that process? Oh, geez. Um, Keep a garbage can next to your bed at all times. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's funny, right? Not I, it, the, the hard part is, is every single pregnancy experience is so, so, so different. And I'm sure even my pregnancy experiences, because yes, we would love to have more than one child. Um, all of mine will be different. It's just, it's interesting and and crazy and strange how the body works. I had the misfortune of being very sick uh, for four and, four and a half straight months. Like I said, it was my first symptom and it was pretty much every single day, almost nonstop for four and a half months. And let me tell you, there are people who have it even worse than that. I was never hospitalized for my sickness. I, um, they also would not prescribe like a medication, which is fine. I didn't necessarily want to be medicated for it, but it did get to a point where you think, man, I cannot even live my life. 
I am just like in the bathroom all the time, throwing up, like, when will this end? Um, but so that was my experience, but that will not be everyone's. So I think good general advice is to just have so much grace with yourself and, you know, be okay with not have like being perfect, having the perfect presentation all the time. Um, and really just connect with your partner. That's what I, I mean, Carmen was the best partner possible throughout that time. I'm sure it was not easy for him to both watch me go through that and then also carry the entire weight of every everyday responsibility. I, I was worthless. Like I was doing nothing except for surviving because it is truly all I could do at that time. So yeah. just like work with your partner. If you're, of course, if you're going through this with a partner or whoever you're like, find a support person and um, connect with them and, and don't be afraid to ask for help or support because it is uh, for anyone who goes through this on their own. I worship the ground you walk on. I think it is the I can't even imagine having been alone throughout the that first four and a half months. Now we're getting to a much better place. It's only every once in a while uh, that I get sick. But yeah, I think that would be my general advice. It's I, I am so far from an expert. It's not even funny, but, um, hopefully you, you just get through it. You just do what you got to do. Yeah. And I, I will say, so there, there was, uh, a couple of moments of weakness on my end. Right. So I remember there was one time where I just couldn't keep up with the laundry. <laughs> we, we, we do produce a wild amount of we laundry. We produce a lot of laundry, but it doesn't hurt that everything gets covered with dog hair the second it touches the floor. Yes. Right? It's true. So, so but anyways, I, there was one night where I had done like three loads of laundry. I was the only one folding them. I was the only one doing the laundry. And while he folds them, them, I just lay next to him in the bed. Like fetal position. In pain, in the bed. like cr- sobbing. And he's just, I'm not even holding conversation with him. I'm just like a hot mess. Yeah. And I think I remember <laughs> specifically being like, hey, I know that this is really rough, but I'm doing everything. What can we find for you to do? <laughs> right. And obviously like that, it wasn't, I think I remember, I, like, I, I do remember, not I think, I do vividly remember having like very much compassion and like framing it in a sense of like I know that you can't do most things but could you do something and still and like I still feel guilty for having that conversation but it's tough I think if you are a partner to someone going through this and you don't have sympathy or you don't have that patience to connect and say I know that you're going through a lot but I need to tell you how I feel you could do that in a, in a respectful way. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing <laughs> that I remember very vividly is I got the COVID shot during oh, this. Don't even get me started on this story. So, <laughs> uh, I got the, the COVID vaccine during this process and I got Pfizer and the second shot absolutely wrecked me. And I remember there was one night I got real sore Real sick, real fevery, chills, sweating, nausea, the works. And I woke me up in the middle of the night and I went to go to the bathroom thinking I was going to puke. And I ended up, you know, just pooping a little bit. (laughs) Aren't you all (laughs) glad you know that now? Yes, you're welcome. 
And then, well, there was someone out there going, I wonder if he pooped. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, yes, I did. I, I, I did poop. So I get up, go back into the room, and it's just so hot. And I think I need to put my Vornado on, my Vornado fan. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's walked to the restroom. He's walked back. He's sitting up in bed. I'm asleep. Thank God, finally, I have a moment to rest after, like, rough morning sickness. And I I wake her up, and I go, Jess. (laughs) He does. He just keeps saying my name out loud. I shoot up, and I'm like, what's wrong? Are you okay? What's wrong? And then (laughs) this poor woman who has not slept uh, a full night through, I asked her to wake up and get on her knees and plug in my fan. Because if I don't plug it in, I will vomit. And she did it. So thank you <laughs> for saving my life. <laughs> You're so welcome. You said, Jess, I need. I know you can't fold laundry, but can you at least wake up in the middle of the night and plug in my tornado? But I want to wait until you are finally getting your first good night's <laughs> sleep to do that, please. It was just... you. I don't feel good. <laughs> it was so... Oh, man. Listen. What a memory. Because men... You didn't feel good, for the Men record. are so strong and tough at all times. Oh, yes. Especially when they're sick. Yes. it's Well, that's the problem. We spend our entire lives being strong, tough men that when we get sick, it knocks us right out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Man sickness is a real thing. Man sickness is embarrassing. Wow. I don't think I'd say embarrassing is the yeah. adjective. I'd say real. I'd say tough. I'd say... Harder than anything else experienced in the entire world. Yeah, harder than morning sickness for four no, and a half months obviously, straight. Obviously, that was <laughs> facetious, okay? That was comedic timing. It's a bit. I'm committed to the bit. Uh, always. Always. So, okay. If you could have your uh, our daughter be good at anything, what would it be? This is you first. You have, here's the thing. I am so focused on her right now. Of course, I want her to be successful and happy and um, determined and and courageous and all of these things. But I don't like have a specific vision for what she would be necessarily, honestly. But you, this is a you question because I, you have like three very specific career paths for her. I don't want anything very extravagant oh, for our daughter. Oh, right. Here we go. All I want is for her to either be the greatest athlete of all time, the greatest musician of all time, or a president. Nothing too crazy. It's true. Honestly, the those, United States they president. They are to be all specific. within reach. Yeah. Pending, you know, me giving birth outside of the U.S. Well, yeah, if you do that. Well, I guess the thing is, is you would have to get married at like a U.S. consulate somewhere. And then mm-hmm. technically that's uh, U.S. soil. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I think those are the three things that I would want for our daughter. But again, I okay, if I had to settle for a career in politics, uh, chief, chief Supreme Court justice. So the number one Supreme Court justice, I would accept that. Oh, speaking of Supreme Court Justice, uh, favorite thing we've bought for our daughter so far the is Ru- The Ruth Bader Ginsburg onesie. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. We used that for our announcement. That's how we announced. We did. I don't know that a lot of people caught it. Uh, and maybe they didn't, didn't say anything. But man, she will be a tiny little powerhouse. She's going to be, if she's anything like her dad, 
and anything like her mom, she will be like, you know, that that scene in Hamilton, she'll blow us all away. Ugh, precious. I hope she listens this one one day. Technically, she's hearing it now. Technically, she's hearing it right now. Tell her, tell her, you'll blow us all away, <laughs> little baby girl Magnolo. So, okay, what do you, what would you want if you could pick one thing? No, I can't. I don't think I can answer it. Okay, what? Okay, then how about this? What's one thing that you would like to share with her? Like, what's a passion of yours that you would like to share with her? Hmm. Pro- probably something in the creative, like expressing expressing herself in a creative way but it here's the thing you're a musician but like I paint I paint draw right so I think you showing her how your what your creative outlet looks like and me getting to show her what my creative outlet looks looks like and helping her understand the value in having a creative outlet even if it doesn't mean it'll be your career um and and then kind of letting her pick what what suits her best yeah yeah, we've also talked a lot about the uh, going through the house buying process. Which, if you've been staying up to date, you know that we are going through that process. And Look at all these changes. Yeah, this. So think about this. In the last three hundred sixty-five days, we have both gotten new jobs. We have moved from Orlando to Illinois. We have now become pregnant, and about to get a house. It's true. That is a that is a wild ass year. This. <laughs> It is a full, it's a full jam-packed year. Yeah. The only thing that would top it off is we get a puppy, another puppy. <laughs> and the only other thing that could come close to that is, uh, you know, White Sox winning the World Series, which I know both of us would be equally excited about. And our, our daughter would be, too. She has a one. She's ready for it. Yeah, she is ready for it. Uh, what was I going to say? I was saying something about something... Wow, last journey. You said that we bought a house. Bought a house. In the last 365 days. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) I truly don't know. But anyways, for all of you out there going through this journey, you're not alone. For all of you out there who want to get pregnant and haven't, we're rooting for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Is there anything that you want to add on top of that? Is there anything else that you want the world to know about pregnancy, about you, about how you're feeling, about what we're looking forward to next? Like, other than, you know, not puking anymore. (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) Yeah. I just think, um, I, like you said, there are so many people who struggle with infertility and uh, this desire to have a child and just for whatever reason are challenge with that not happening within their timeline or um, potentially not at all that um, I could sit here and say oh my first four and a half months were miserable and honestly I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel that way but at the end of the day I recognize that we have been blessed and blessed and blessed uh, this year I mean we just talked about all these incredible things that have happened to us and um, this is just another one of those blessings and um, you, you will find what you need to do on your journey and what fits your, what fits your family and, and what, you know, feels good there. We're praying for you. We're thinking about you and, and we hope that you can experience this blessing or even the blessing of adoption, um, at some point along that journey. I, I do not take this for granted. I would never want anyone to think that, 
Um, we have a lot of funny stories, some rough stories, but at the end of the day, this has been and and will continue to be something that's pretty stinking exciting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, have you gotten any unwanted uh, advice already so far? All the time. Yeah, it's just they come at you, right? All Out of time. nowhere. But it's, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Uh, like, ask somebody who, I don't know. I just, I don't know what I'm doing. That's why you keep asking me, like, what advice would you give? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, this is so, it's still so surreal. I still cannot believe it. Um, and I could, so. I could tell you what advice not to give. What? I hate hearing. Oh, you might as well get your sleep in now because kiss that sleep goodbye. F- shut up. Yeah. We're going to sleep. We're going to get wish, it. I do wish some of it was more supportive. Uh, I think people can p- paint a pretty ugly picture of parenthood. And obviously, like, it's no cakewalk. Right. Uh, but most people, most people who get pregnant uh, tend to know what they're, assi- I mean, tend to have an idea of what they're signing up for. When you're in it, it's, I'm sure it's different. But. Yeah, I do wish a lot of that unwarranted or unasked for advice was a little bit more positive. Yeah, or but, like, well, you're never going to travel again. <laughs> yeah. Shut, like, oh, it, we actually can't wait to yeah. travel with her. Yeah. yeah. Um, We're prioritizing that. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you say that now. It's true. <laughs> Shut up, whoever you are. I will also say this. Eddie. Um, like, at the end of the day, prioritize your partner, prioritize your marriage or your relationship. Um, that's something that I've really tried to remain focused on. This, uh, baby is going to change our world in more ways than one, but it is the foundation of your family starts with the parents and, um, we're pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> if we do say so ourselves. I think you're dope. Uh, thanks. I think you're pretty dope too. Oh, dope. Um, we should make a baby. Yo, you want to, tr- you want to do that right now? <laughs> Anyways. So that would be my other piece of advice is, uh, don't forget that. No matter what happens and no matter how difficult that first year is or no matter how hard that pregnancy is. Um, yeah, don't let any of that get in the way of the foundation of the family, which starts really with you and your partner. Yeah. You also brought up I, I like that you brought up the the infertility thing and all of that. Like we also as a society, I think we need to normalize miscarriages and talking about it more. There's so much trauma that I think women deal with that they just don't talk about with that. I mean, in general, in society, right? Like, there's so much trauma that women don't feel comfortable talking about because there's that whole mansplaining thing. But then there's also, on the other side, people in general, relationships. How many relationships have ended because they couldn't talk about the trauma of a miscarriage? How many uh, lives just get thrown upside down? Stillbirths, SIDS, right? You know, be there for those people. Talk about those traumas because yeah. that's the best way to cope. Yeah, give them a safe space if that if if they want to share. I can I can tell you even just the the I did not experience that obviously, but there was the when we had the scare and I went to the hospital. Um, there was so much guilt even then, just thinking, "What have I done? This is my fault." Um, and what's interesting is you actually learn that in those first eight to 12 weeks, um, if it's fated to happen, it is actually nothing that the parent could have avoided, uh, or the mother could have avoided, which is interesting because like I said, there's this, like you said, a stigma, right? So you do feel this crazy guilt. You do feel this crazy shame. And I didn't even physically go through that. So, um, creating a really safe environment for anyone who, 
you know who has gone through that, allowing them to share um, and to support them through that guilt and that shame and help them understand, um, you know, that it's it's not their fault. And yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. This I, whole, it's a whole new world. Yeah. Um, like we're pregnant. <laughs> I know. And we are pregnant. Uh, oh my gosh. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's an unfortunate thing that has happened in the world. But I do think we're... We're taking small steps towards a better world for pregnancy. Yeah. Also, I mean, I know that we, we I feel like we were at like kind of a wrapping up point and then I think about something else and then we, we kind of just keep going. It's also weird to think about millennials, not, like a lot of millennials choosing to not want to have kids and, and not go that route, right? For financial reasons, for, you know, like it would be so easy to let the traumas of your parents or the shortfall of your parents, right? Change your upbringing. Like, what is that Bridgerton where the guy's like, I hate you so much, dad. I'm never going to have kids. Your bloodline ends, ends with me. Oh yes, it is. Bridgerton. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh, so proud of you. I only know that because you told me that. It's a good, so, it's good stuff for anyone who has not seen it. Not enough nipples in that show, <laughs> but no show has enough nipples for me. Honestly. <laughs> Well, I guess porn has enough nipples. Oh, my gosh. I'm not out watching porn, guys. Uh, Yikes. So, but anyways, uh, yeah, it's it, that I think is another crazy thing. Like, the fact that we're able to, like, we've had to work hard, but we're financially in a spot where we could actually afford the the hospital bills and the buying the things for it. Yeah. I, here's what I will say. I could have said that way more eloquently. The buying, the things for it. <laughs> I sound like a, a moron. <laughs> a moron. A moron. We're buying the things for it, moron. Uh, here's what I will say. I have a lot of respect for anyone, millennial or any other age, that knows that they do not want children. and yes. they, And they stand by that. Yes. And I feel this way for a number of reasons, like personal uh, like things our family has gone through, like me as a child growing up, but also, um, that came out weird. I, there, anyways, but my dad works for the state of Illinois and, um, whether or not he was supposed to share certain stories with me, there are so many, just so, there is so much trauma in this world Messed and up stuff. so many children who are born into families that deserve so much more than what they get, you know, better parents, um, more fulfilling lives. And they are brought into this world under the worst of circumstances and unloved and it's tragic. So I admire so much people who I do not judge them. I do not question them. If you tell me you do not want kids for whatever reason, good for you. Like, absolutely don't budge on that. If you know that you don't want that because you want to live a life where you get to honor and love yourself above all others, go for it. Live your dreams. Um, But I think selfish, like when you just bring kids into the world because you believe culturally it's what you're supposed to do. And then you are abusive or (laughs) neglectful or whatever that might be. Um, And you may know that you have that capacity. I just think that's shameful and awful. So I don't think it's crazy that millennials are making that decision. (laughs) I think it's wonderful. It's a Um, testament to our incredible character. I just think it is um, exactly 
what they should be doing. It is a responsible, just as it is to responsibly say how you and I, it was very thoughtful. We, we knew what we kind of wanted that life to look like. It is so responsible to also say, I know that I cannot do that or do not want to do that for whatever reason. Yeah. It's also, it's, it's very interesting that the shame needs to go away. The shaming of people. Yeah. Like how, how often, and I'm, I'm as a woman, you being a woman, not me. Being <laughs> I know. A woman. I was like, you're not a I woman. I was pointing at her. Uh, <laughs> I was, as, as a woman, uh, you can clearly hear me pointing at her via the podcast. It's just, people will look at you, oh, you don't want kids? What? I know, right? Women do not serve to just reproduce. <laughs> there, there is so much more of an identity to women. Ugh, amen to that. Yeah. But I, I will say, like, I, I knew that I wanted kids my, like, my entire life. Like, I was like, I want to be a dad someday. Yeah. And I think part of that is, you know, the childhood trauma of I want to be better than my dad. And there's just so much. And obviously, my dad and I, I like, we've, we've gotten, we've, we've come a long way. Right. But I want to be better than my dad. I think that there's a lot of things that you go through where you're like, I just, I want to be better than my parents. And we, and we love your parents. We love, we love our parents, but we want to be better than them. And the, the, the shame that people put on people, the identity, like you are not, your identity is not a mom. Your identity is you are an incredibly passionate woman within uh, a, a giant organiz- organization. You are an incredibly talented artist. You are an eloquent speaker. You are X, Y, Z, right? Those are, you are a dog, a dog lover, a dog mother. A cat lover, a cat mother, right? But you're not just a mother. And I think that's where society, I think, over the last couple of years, I think has gotten a lot better. Like women, their identity does not come from how many children they produce. Yeah. I think we've come a long way. Yeah. We've come. Not there. We're not all the way there yet. We've come some way. Yeah, the look she just gave me was as I if as I had just as if I had just lied like oh we we've come a long way. No, I just no nope, haven't even moved. I, <laughs> no. We haven't moved the needle. I we went backwards. Just as a woman, you know, there's a lot of there's just so much stigma and there's so much room for growth as a society. But that can be said about a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've come some way. Yes, I think. In parts of the country, we've come a long way. Parts of the world, we've come a long way. Parts of the world, I think we're going the opposite direction. Uh, you know. Anyways, that's a different conversation for a different day. <laughs> it's not about this pregnancy right yeah, now. Not about this pregnancy right now. Anyways, I think I feel good. I feel good about this. We're gonna have a little baby girl. Uh, also, the amount. What is it about me that so many people reach out and go, "You're gonna be the best girl, Dad." Why? I don't understand. I wish this is the time where I wish you had live commentary so that people could like write in and tell you what it is because a lot of people do say that. So many people. However, I do agree. Number one. Okay. So like I will say stereotypically when um, like, again, this is very stereotypical, but I think people are like, are you so excited to dress her? She's she'll be like your little doll. Here's the thing. Carmen is going to be putting her in <laughs> the most wild outfits, the most stylish outfits. She's going to have all the accessories, and it's going to be him doing that. I mean, I might do that, but he will enjoy that significantly more than I think, again, stereotypically, 
the the male partner in a like that relationship might. Um, I mean, he very much looks forward to that. I do think that's probably a key factor. Um, this kid is gonna have so many shoes. <laughs> I also think I don't know. There's just something about you that you you also are uh, you love women. <laughs> but I don't mean in yeah, the way. I do. <laughs> I just mean I'm gonna love you, a woman tonight. I, <laughs> listen, I mean you love and respect women. You value women. You are going to. You will never ever let allow her to believe anything could stand in her way specifically because of her gender, let alone anything else. Um, I don't know. I do think you'll just be such an empowering girl dad. I, I can't put it into words. This is what I mean because I have a hard time putting it into words, but I do wish your listeners could help you understand that because I wholeheartedly agree with it. Um, you'd be a good boy dad as well, don't get me wrong, but you will be a phenomenal girl dad for sure. I mean, I don't disagree. I want the record, let the record show I don't disagree that I'll be a good girl dad. It was just, I, I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. That was a thing. I didn't know what about me. But if it, it goes to the empowerment or the, uh, I like to consider myself an ally for women in the workplace, uh, in, in life. Uh, you know, I want to make the world a better place for women in general. You but, know, wait, I do have some concerns though. And okay. I know I know right. we keep getting to a wrap up place. Mm, yeah. We're good. Um we're literally laying in bed but, right now. But you should probably share with the world that you first of all, Carmen has never changed a diaper, not a single diaper in his mm, life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, never mm-hmm, has done mm-hmm. this. Found out he's a boy, so he is never um yep, I'm a boy. <laughs> he's never uh if you had- listen to just the one second of me saying <laughs> as a woman <laughs> Anyway, just to, just to clarify, he has male genitalia. And because as, of that... As a man. Um, he has never had to deal with, like, the... Uh, Cleaning a baby <laughs> vagina. <laughs> just say it. Yes, so This is the conversation we had. Yes, yes. <laughs> you have to tell this story. I okay. can't. <laughs> I... I need to stand up for this. I my have leg such is, concerns My leg here. is cramping. Okay? I'm gonna. I'm going to have to be there... Uh, the definitely the first. You need to wear this so carefully, though, because this it's is gonna so when I run for up. president or when our daughter <laughs> runs for president someday, they're gonna go. Listen, so, your dad violated this is babies. So messed up, mind so, you. Carmen clearly has been around a vagina, being yeah, that yeah. he has created a child. Oh, I so know what I'm doing with should this. Should be familiar with the female genitalia, but I just feel like maybe there are concerns. Okay. I just assume that changing a diaper or doing the baby wiping process right after she pees or poops or whatever is very similar to how I wipe my booty hole, okay? (laughs) And when I wipe my booty hole, I get in there, right? Because if I don't, it's going to chafe, and I don't want that. So, like, my middle finger sticks out a little bit farther than the rest, right? So. I I roll up the toilet paper. I get my nice, perfectly clean folds. I'm very specific with the symmetry. And I get up in there. I get into the crack. And then I gently glide the middle (laughs) finger along the inside of that booty crack, right? I just assume that that's the exact same process for baby booties and vajujis, okay? That's what I assumed. (laughs) And Jessica made it sound like if I do that, I will be violating our daughter sexually. And that's (laughs) not my intent. (laughs) You described it. I thought, dear God, 
It's just just the wiping of of the crevices. I just I didn't realize it was more topical than I had anticipated. <laughs> I thought that it could lead to to uh, urinary tract infections, and I I don't know what a UTI for a baby looks like, but I'm assuming that they can't tell you so, that they have a UTI. It's so disturbing. First of all, they can tell you anything if they can tell us right now that our child's all four heart ventricles are working as they should. They can absolutely do anything, but. That was one of the most hilarious conversations ever. And the it was just like, I mean, that's just, it's change a diaper and you'll quickly <laughs> learn. Like, oh my, how many babies do you know? So many. Like, just good God. I also, so the, this is the worst part about this. John and Maggie, if you're listening to this, like, John made it seem like it's just intrinsic knowledge <laughs> of it, how... I, I feel it's I not. feel like it is. No. The fact that you didn't know, like it you just wipe. I don't know. You just wipe it. You just wipe it. Okay, I don't know. but I, okay, but what if what if there's leftover like leftover what? Urine just sitting there, it's okay. Babe. I don't know. That's what that's the thing. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Oh man. That was that's probably one of my favorite. For sure, one of my favorite conversations we've had. It also opened the door to help me understand that maybe there needs to be several follow-up conversations just in general to help uh, Car- expand Carmen's knowledge. Uh, if anyone needs a babysitter, you know, he might need some experience. I don't think I need experience. <laughs> I think I'm fine. I think we're good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, first meal you're going to have after the baby comes out, what Ooh. is it going to be? That's what we'll end on. Right now, I'm trending towards a Jimmy John's sub. That sounds because you can't have cold cold cuts. You can't have lunch yeah, meat, right? Yeah, you're really, yeah, you're not. It's not recommended to eat like cold deli meat, and it's like all I think about now. Did I eat this many sandwiches before? Absolutely not. But now it's all I want in the world. Yeah, but in, in the past, you didn't eat zero zero sandwiches. It's true. I did. Now eat you eat sandwiches. zero sandwiches. Yeah, that is true. That's a good point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's where we're at right now, I think. That could change a hundred more times, but... It might. We'll see. Anyways, it's been really great. I think that's the note we end on. That wonderful sh- story that we got to share together. That <laughs> journey down memory lane. And if you have any tips or tricks that you want Jessica to know, feel free to reach out to us, DM us, at Pod. And as always, everyone... Oh, thanks for hitting that. Uh, <laughs> if you heard a loud thump, Jessica just hit the microphone. Why don't you go ahead and start the process of closing us out? If you've got a dream, go and chase it. She said that so hesitantly, you could tell that she listens to every single podcast. <laughs> go. Give me, and... wait, give me another chance. Okay. All right. All right. All right, right guys. And to wrap it up, if you've got a dream, go and chase it. That was much better. We'll see you all in the next one. Bye.